Okay, ladies and gentlemen, per the FCC regulations, we have this message about the content of this podcast. Warning, this podcast contains mature subject matter that involves adult language frequently used by all members here, especially more so today because we have our guest, Kathy, who curses more than a voodoo priest. (laughs) This podcast also contains descriptions of human-on-human violence. So any violence that takes place during the actual podcast itself will be for whenever we hit Josh upside the head when he does something we don't like. (laughs) So, and this being a podcast, you don't really have to worry about sexual content. Although if Andy has a really good story about a recent date, we would like to hear about it. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Horsemen of Combat Sports podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Andy. I'm Josh. And I'm Kathy. So, all right, so you guys are hearing a couple of newer voices here. So, uh, first thing, uh, we have uh, with us today Kathy Pham. She uh, trains with us at Top Game Jiu-Jitsu. So, Kathy, want to just introduce yourself and just kind of give us a little idea of your background and uh, where you came from and what you've trained in before. So, uh, you know, being a typical Asian, I guess, um, I, I kind of I grew up pretty much not allowed to learn martial arts. Um, but then got a little bit of exposure in school with like Taekwondo, you know, stuff like that, where you see a lot of kids and, um, then getting a little bit older, going to college, uh, had a little bit of exposure to Judo and Aikido, um, then took on Krav and now Jiu-Jitsu. So pretty much just a wide array of different martial arts. Very cool. Very cool. So how long have you been training in Jiu-Jitsu now? Oh, man, I haven't even been keeping half. So, uh, probably closer to two years, maybe, maybe more. I have no clue. So, it's, yeah, you're blue belt now, so be over, somewhere over the two-year mark, I would think. Maybe. The time just passed by so fast, especially when you enjoy it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, yeah, we appreciate you joining us for this podcast. Um, and then, of course, you, we have Andy with us. So Andy's Andy, back again. Yep. Again. Yep. So, he had his audition the last <laughs> time, so... Uh, that being said, we are going to make it official. Andy, you're giving you your four horsemen of combat sports patch that you can wear with pride, and you are officially a member of the podcast awesome. now. Nice. So, even though we're still at three, because if anybody notices, uh, we don't have uh, Drysdale, Brian Drysdale, with us. He is taking a sabbatical, I guess. We'll call it that. So, we'll see if he comes back at some point. We'll see. So, if not, we'll just you know find a replacement. You know. Yep. so well for today kathy's just it's kind of a one dot one time deal so all right so the other piece of business we got to take care of and we mentioned this uh on the last podcast josh yo what is the rule here with the recordings of the podcast involving you (laughs) which there's so many yeah which one do we always yell at you about though that you constantly break the accents? Yes. Okay. Accents and impersonations you are not allowed to do. So, your po- your punishment for this podcast is going to be have a lollipop here. I don't like the way that looks. That yeah. Looks spicy as fuck. It's not spicy, don't worry. Or something, so, in, it. something but, in it. So, two things about this lollipop. First of all, it's tequila. Yes. It's made of tequila. Now, What's in a bottle of tequila usually? Generally, there's a worm or a scorpion in it. There's a worm in it. I'm not yeah. fucking with that. Man. Yep. 
Josh, for this recording, you're going to be sucking on this lollipop the entire time. And eat the world. So go ahead, unwrap it, get started, and... You guys are very evil. So if you're smart, you'll finish that thing as quickly as you can. So you can take it out of your mouth when you need to talk, but otherwise it's going to be in your mouth the whole time. I'm Got glad, it? I'm glad you saw Deadpool 2 <laughs> uh, before I came in and have a great humor on this one. As I struggle to open up this lollipop, man, it's pretty... Yeah, there you go. So, really? all right, it's gonna improve my jujitsu now. <laughs> He's deciding. Really <laughs> now you do, you have to finish that lollipop. That I is, I don't, I don't know, and I love food, so um, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this worm. Well, you got to finish it, so no. and you're gonna finish it before you leave here today. Well, the so. good news is, yeah. insects are full of protein. <laughs> yeah. I have eaten crickets before. Crickets yeah. are actually pretty good. Yeah, I'm not fucking the crickets. <laughs> They make uh, cricket protein now. They grind up crickets up. Great. <laughs> yeah, they so, do. So what are we getting into? All right. So, today? so first thing we're going to do, uh, since we're all jujitsu practitioners, we're going to talk about our approaches to training. Now, because we have, we're all at basically different levels here as far as how long we've been training. It, I thought it'd be good as far as a comparison, how we're looking at where we're training right now. Because we have Andy, who is at white belt right now. We have Kathy, who is at blue belt. Uh, myself and then Josh at Purple Belt. Halfway done, baby. Halfway done. <laughs> Halfway done. <laughs> Not done. Once you get Black Belt, you keep going. Yeah, that's a good point. Halfway there. <laughs> so, so we're going to start with you, Andy. So go ahead and just kind of talk us through like your approach to how you're training right now as far as being a White Belt. All right. Yeah, so a White Belt is definitely, uh, especially with no martial arts, no wrestling, like no background in any kind of combat sports whatsoever. Uh, it was definitely, I mean, even like the simplest things are tough, like shrimping. Yep. Yeah, like you don't even understand why you're doing these things. Like you're doing things your body has never needed to do or have done before. Uh, everything feels awkward. You slowly pick up things here and there. It's like for a long time, it's like banging your head against the wall. Uh, it still feels that way. Like, but then you like eventually six months to a year in you got new guys coming in then all the stuff that never works on anybody else works great on so i mean i my whole training especially going with upper belts uh is just try to survive try to work on escapes you know get comfortable in terrible positions i think that one of the first lessons aaron told me was like pick one really uncomfortable position and just go there as often as possible so you just don't feel uncomfortable anymore. So, uh, learning uh, learning not to panic when you can't breathe. You know, it's the difference between not breathing and someone cutting off the blood to your brain. If you uh, cut the blood off to your brain, you're going to be out pretty quick. But if someone just cuts your ear off, learning not to panic and yeah, that push through it. You know, you got about you got to get a good minute before you pass out without air. Yeah, that that happens to everybody. Everybody will get end up unconscious at some point yeah. when they're trained because they just they're not they don't know the feeling or anything. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's yeah. Not there's not too many other ways. You know, where you're regularly getting choked unconscious and you know what it feels like. Especially so. if a choke is done well and it really cuts off your arteries. Uh, it's like that that elevator door starts shutting. And you don't even realize it, like, because uh, you don't mm -hmm. really feel that stress for air. Yep. You know, so that's that's my motto: just try to get better, work with people. Uh, guard passing is uh, really difficult, so get somebody that's really good at 
not letting you pass their car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I almost passed Dave's today, which wow, that's okay. impressive. Yeah. That's awesome. I got past his legs. I didn't get any further. Than that. <laughs> it's still, it's still. So even he said, "Hey, man, you're getting pretty good at those guard passes." So I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> now, what about technique wise? Like, is there anything in particular, like specific moves that you're trying to work on right now? As far as submission goes, anything like submission sweeps. Uh, like, are, are there ones that you're kind of? On the regular, trying to look for yeah. Uh, so the the sit up sweep is always a fr- a, a good one, uh, or the uh, the bu- not butterfly sweep, but uh, just when you get that knee shield across their belly a from guard, a scissor sweep. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that really works. I can't do that well at all for anybody that <laughs> is trained in jujitsu. But the new guys coming in, it's like they don't even know what I'm doing. It's great. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> I almost sit there and like, are they gonna like base it out or anything? But no, they don't. I forget, uh, I forget who one of the black belts where we train was talking about having gone back to that scissor sweep and is actually hitting it way more than back when they were first trying to do it. And even right. when they were getting the hang of it, is they'll go back to a basic technique like that. And nobody will. I think, it was, I think it was Aaron. Honestly, was it Aaron? I think it was Aaron. I want to say so, but yeah, I think it was A. Abron. <laughs> yeah, doing that. So. so, yeah, uh, scissor, scissor sweeps. Uh, as far as submissions, uh, just simple ones like uh, Kimura or uh, Americana or any kind of uh, north-south choke or bread cutter. Those are re- re- pretty uh, simple ones, especially to people that are untrained. They don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, those are my go-tos. Because mm-hmm. it, all those are really good from side control, which is where I'm better at. Like I, I don't stay on mount very well. At this point, mm-hmm. even on new guys, it's like they get too squirmy. It's just easier. It's easier to control position from side for me personally. So mm-hmm. I like all the attacks from side control. Okay. Now, what about as far as like mentally the way you're approaching your training? Is there anything particular uh, about that? Or yeah, be, be prepared to fail a lot and often, <laughs> and learning from your failures. Uh, always asking questions like. That's one thing, like when someone, it's easy to tell somebody, oh, you're going to fail a lot, but like you really don't have any idea. Like you're talking several years of failing mm-hmm. <laughs> and multiple times a day. Like I'm there four to five days a week. Like, it, you know, it's very rare. I mean, yeah, there's new guys that I can go against, but. Sorry, Josh is getting sick. It is hilarious. <laughs> it looks like he yeah, wants Yeah, how, how's that lollipop going, Josh? <laughs> Joe. <laughs> you, you're going to learn your lesson now, right? No. No. <laughs> no. You, you, you know I can get more of those, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you probably get worse. Probably five to your next time. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, come my daughter's something. got this uh, great game, that's, so it's like little gummies, but they taste like different things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, jelly beans. Yeah, jelly beans. Yeah. Yep. Some of them taste like dirty socks and farts. Uh-huh. And <laughs> well, they're all like mixed in into the container. They're all the same yeah. color, so you don't know if you're going to get one that tastes good. And, yeah. All right, anyways, this is off topic, but <laughs> so all right, so okay, uh, yeah, but le- learning to fail a lot. Like I don't know, like even you could take all your failures in one life, and that would not even equal one year of jujitsu. <laughs> okay. As far as like other sports are just easier to pick up, I think. Like any kind of sport, yeah, that, yeah, it's easier to improve faster. It's easier to wrap your brain around. Uh, jiu-jitsu is very technique driven. Like uh, everything has to be in the right place for something to be successful. Uh-huh. And it's just learning every little detail to every little move. It's not just rolling around. It kind of looks like it. Kind of mm-hmm. looks like 
people just rolling around on the ground. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, standing outside. I went outside for something, and class had started. Or it was an open mat, and there was a drunk lady that came out of the nail place. And she was like, looks like you're just wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I don't. it may look like a bunch of wrestling, but it's way more in de- more detail to that. You know, it's very difficult. Okay. Which is the cha- uh, which is challenging, which is what I love about it. It's a never ending challenge. Nice. Okay, good. All right, so let's move over to you, Kathy. So, starting out from when you were a white belt, what do you remember as far as your approaches to your training? What you preferred to work on, and then how did that change when you got up to your blue belt level? So honestly, I still feel like I'm a white belt. Um, I'm still pretty much working on the same thing. When I first started, I think it was all defense, defense, defense. And it's still the same way. I mean, I feel like that's how I learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's <clears throat> that's just what works for me. Like, uh, I remember one of our classmates, he's not with us anymore, but Josh, he used to throw triangles like no other. Another not Josh. Even, another another Josh. Josh. Please. Hey, you're hey, not that special. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hey, Josh. He was. Dingling, he was triangle. Hey, hey, it's triangle time. Can we get triangles? Yeah, I know. We're, we're going gonna to bring that up next, which, by the way. Josh, finish your lollipop and let Kathy talk. Thank <laughs> you. God damn. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he used to throw triangles like no other. And, yeah, I would get to the point where I'm almost blacking out, but it's all... It's, it's just kind of a fun deal for me to learn how to kind of prevent that or block it or somehow get out of it. And I'm still doing that. Um, I guess like right now I am working on trying to become a little bit more offensive, um, working on more submissions and stuff like that. But because, you know, I'm in a class with majority males um, and they're bigger than I am, it's just all defense right now. Mm-hmm. So is there any techniques that you're working on in particular to kind of deal with that? Um, so I guess from the start, I always liked working with pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly speed, although I understand that it's a good thing to have a good marriage between the both of them. Um, Agreed, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of pressure. Um, I've been working with Josh whenever he's not crying or bitching. <laughs> I'm dealing with triangles, you know, uh, which I actually would like to get a triangle so that I can get him to come over. Broad shoulders, man. Broad shoulders. Yeah, but you still like you still tap out. You want I can't even lock my legs until you. For, you know, you tap up before I can even lock my legs. So, for those you who know, have never met Kathy, <laughs> Kathy's legs are like, like tree trunks, man. They're thick, right? And, like, her legs like around her neck, and it's, like, crazy pressure without even fully locking in and trying. It, it, it's, like, a really serious vice grip around your neck, and it, it's, it's good great pressure. Have, right? yeah. So, even for not to fully lock in a triangle, it's still enough pressure there that either get you preempt attack. Or try to make you scramble to work something defensive, but the pressure is still there from the triangle that she has, just from you know, just natural body chemistry that she has. Yeah, when you start talking about pressure, I, I remember early on you we were working on like you know top pressure and you know shoulder. My jaw started hurting. Just you mentioning that because I remember you <laughs> working the shoulder pressure from top side control. So that was 
something you were really big on early when you were training. Oh, yeah. I love that. I think that was my goal. I even told my husband, like, my goal is to be able to crack someone's jaw with just my fingers alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get to that point because, you know, who knows? Uh, not to one of us, I hope, but that would suck. doing a tournament or something, you know, because then it'd be like, oh, just competing here. <laughs> um, but, I mean, let's see, triangles is one of the things that I really, really like trying just, just because, you know, I have short legs, but I want to kind of break out of that. Just because I got short legs doesn't mean I can't do something. Um, and I think that's why I also always pick on Josh because he has such broad shoulders. Um, so that's why I try, want to try to lock it down on him. Because, you know, compared to like other smaller guys like Nick or something, yeah, mm-hmm. I can I can throw up a triangle and lock it just fine. But what's the challenge in that? You know? Um, other things that I've been trying to work on is just trying to figure out what's best for me. So Andy mentioned stuff about... Um, pretty much how you how you have to like kind of figure out where you are mm-hmm. uh, when you're in class and that's with me with every single move because everyone works differently um, and everyone's body just feels I guess it feels natural to them in other positions compared to other people right um, and going back to how short I am I mean someone else can tell me oh no you have to position your legs here but then for me I'm like oh no I can't I can't reach something or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a lot of work. It's definitely um, just knowing yourself and knowing where you're at. Yeah. So now, did you feel any sort of change to your approach from when you went from white belt to blue belt? Was there anything obvious that maybe happened, or? Well, for my mindset, um, because I know I'm a blue belt, I have to think. All right, Kathy, you have to try just get out of that defense mode. Just get out of it, get out of it, try something, try something new. Um, and it is pretty much like a mind game. Uh, I just have to get out of my comfort zone. I've been trying to do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so I'll go next. Um, so when I started as a white belt, um, I think I just moreover initially wanted to just learn the moves and just kind of kind of develop like a little like encyclopedia of all the moves uh from most of the positions so i would at least have something to do that was kind of my first goal um i the first submission i know i was having success with was guillotines so i started becoming basically like a headhunter mm-hmm. so everybody I was rolling with so because i i'd be able to latch those because i had i have a wrestling background so um, just getting to that front collar tie up, you know, especially after a failed shot, it was easier for me to kind of get into those. So those, that was like one of the first submissions I remember like regularly working. Um, but I was, you know, always trying to add moves as I went. Uh, so that way, if I got into a position I wasn't familiar with, like right away, I would try to learn something from that position so that if I got there again, I would have something to work on. Um, and I know it got built uh drilled into me uh by i think uh one of our black belts et to just try to memorize at least like three moves from every position so that way if one doesn't work you have another one to fall back on um and it took you know it took me a little bit to get to that point before i got comfortable with it and i was like just before i got my blue belt that um i felt like okay i've got a good build up of, of techniques that i can work with um and then let's see, from white to blue belt, it was probably 
just more of um <clears throat> uh how do i want to phrase this um more of just uh working on the chains for techniques like the actual going from one technique to another to another to another and trying to develop that um because i would have the moves like i could give it an attempt and then but if it fails and you know didn't know what to do next and if i got a technique to work but then i reset to a position what do i what can i go for right away from there and what can i maybe go for to transition that would maybe have a higher success rate so that was when I started Blue Belt, it was just focusing on on chaining that stuff together. Um, so I know mentally from, luckily I got choked unconscious when I was a white belt, so I didn't have to worry too much about how that felt. I just knew I never wanted to go through that again. Um, I don't know if I told the story on here, but some of you guys know it. So I was probably training for about a month, month or two months. And I was rolling with uh, Nick, one of our uh, one of our OG four horsemen here. Um, and of course, I had ro already rolled with him several times, and I I knew I was stronger, and I knew I could kind of just you know just stay sturdy. And he couldn't really do much, so uh, he was still he was a white belt then too. So um, and then so I just I got cocky and let him basically I turtled up and let him work over to my back, and he threw up a he went for some kind of lapel choke and I didn't feel my air cut off. So I figured, Oh, I was fine. But he actually had a blood choke on me with that. And it was real quick. All of a sudden my vision kind of tunneled. And right when that thought hit me, it's like, huh, maybe I should tap. <laughs> I basically en ended up in a dream where I was waking up out of my own bed. Uh, one of the dogs was down at the foot of the bed and I was like, Oh, I guess I must have dreamed I went to jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like sitting there getting ready to get up out of bed and, you know, start my day. I'm like, all right, well, cool. That, that means I really want to go to jujitsu today. And then I wake up with one of the guys holding up my legs while I'm laying flat on my back. And our black belt instructor, Chris, is patting me on the chest, making sure I'm okay. <laughs> so I went from one into a dream and then right back out of it. <laughs> so, and I was okay with it. Like I didn't fault Nick at all, you know, cause he was new to it too. It's not like he, he knew what was going on. So, you know, I, I just kind of sat there like, wow, that's just the weirdest feeling. I've never been through it before. <laughs> so right away, it's like, all right, now I know I don't want to be in that spot again. Don't take anybody lightly and, you know, don't try to tough anything out. So I learned that pretty quick. Uh, I probably pushed that a couple of times since then, but for the most part, I've kind of stayed on that. Um, so since I got my purple belt back in October, uh, I think more of what I've focused on is basically enforcing my game. And it was something uh, on one of our interview podcasts we did. We had Anthony Condietti here, and he said it's the ones who are making their game work first are the ones who are going to win the matchups and get the better of their opponents. So I'm trying to kind of go by that, where my game's going to work. It's not going to matter what you're doing. And that way I've got total control over the whole match. So I've just been you know, focused on having that control, even – if I'm working from my back, I've gotten to the point where I'm finally like, you know, really comfortable there, even with another, like a brown belt or a black belt working top position. I'm okay with being there because it's where I want to be. I have things I know I can do from here. So it's kind of just been focusing on that. Um, as far as techniques, like I never 
really built up any specific ones after white belt. It was more over just, um, you know, I didn't have go-tos or, you know, ones I would look for all the time unless it was like after like a seminar or something. Then I would try to work those as much as I could just so they would get built up in. Uh, but for the most part, because I'm starting to see familiar techniques during the normal classes, because we have so many new people uh, who've been training. So we're going back to some of the basics. Um, but I'm trying to pick up on like those little extra details that you can get from those so that, you know, if for some reason it doesn't work, then maybe there's just a little adjustment that I just don't know about and haven't figured out. And once I could figure those out, then it's like, oh, so I should be able to start hitting this more now that I know that. So, so that's kind of been my approach to it. No, what I actually really appreciate with how your approach is to jiu-jitsu is that you actually drill a lot more than a lot of the guys there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love drilling. I mm -hmm. guess it's just do it like a hundred times, a thousand times, however many times it is. But like, it's always, you always find something new to, I guess, correct or perfect. Yeah. It's just, it drilling gives you a better chance to break something down in all the steps that are involved. Um, because, you know, you sit there drilling a technique and then if you try doing, just doing it faster and faster without correcting anything, you're going to find that you're not having no success with it and it's less likely you're going to hit it. But if you take the time to let it build up and make sure you have the steps down before you start going stir crazy and just trying it. Um, I mean, I'm, I do think you should, you know, when you're actually like live rolling with someone, just don't be afraid to try techniques, you know, even if it's one you're not good at, because you might be able to catch it, you know, if, as long as you know how to do it. Um, but definitely the drilling helps with getting that muscle memory built up that um, you can just go for it and it's very like natural. So that's kind of how I stick with it. And that's why I like drilling as much as I do. And that's why I try to encourage everybody else. Like, you know, Hey, you got something you want to drill. So that way they kind of can build that up. So. Yeah, absolutely. Drilling is way more important. And I don't think we do it enough. Yeah. We have our, uh, one of our black belts, Dave Kenworthy. He's big proponent yeah, of drilling absolutely. techniques and stuff. And so, yeah, he's, he's definitely big on it. Um, we probably have some others who, they solely drill, but they don't roll. And then you have others who solely roll, but they don't really drill that. I, I think you got to kind of balance the two out. Yeah. That's my personal <laughs> opinion. So, all right, Josh. You, so, um, just so you know, every time you shut your mouth, that lollipop uh, better be back in it. So for me, when I started jujitsu at a white boat, there's a couple of things that are going on. Um, I was kind of done with depression from being, from being, getting out of the air force. So I needed something to kind of get me, Focus again, and um, you know, I'm not gonna miss how I met Chris and the old cannon, but uh, one of the things I, I do take and uh, one of the things I get back into is actually writing a flow map or a flow chart, however you want to call it. I think if you're getting into jujitsu, I still do this from time to time. Now, you should have uh, a set of techniques, and the easiest one I can break down is guard. I've actually posted a flow chart on the podcast yep. uh, Facebook page uh, about a year or so ago, but. You, shan't, you take a position, you say, all right, I want to work on guard, okay? You break guard down to two things, sweeps and submissions, okay? Um, and I still will, ran, I'll randomly do this whenever I can, uh, just to help keep my brain fresh. So from my guard, my close guard, I should be able to hit three or four sweeps. Sit up, scissor sweep, open plot sweep, uh, flower sweep, 
starts for you. Those are just basic five. I'm just going to throw off there. And then from uh, as a white belt from submission, I will look at submissions from guard, armbar, triangle, guillotine, kimura. So then we'll say, all right, Josh, break down the triangle. What can you do from the triangle? Americana, kimura, back to armbar, J armbar, transition on plata, sweet. And my flow chart is, is like that, you know, that's what I was doing from white belt to blue belt. Um, then when I got blue belt, um, I, a couple of things happened, but one thing that kind of caused me to lose interest in jiu-jitsu, but not really totally, was, uh, was a guy named Victor Ty. Mm -hmm. uh, I was rolling with, this is right, this is the Monday after I got my blue belt. It kind of, it kind of shook me, you know, because I've never hurt a training partner, but we were rolling. Victor likes to play back with his arm back, and I kind of took him down, and he broke his arm, so it kind of rattled me a little bit, you know. But, you know, I took some time off, but when I came back, uh, I went back to kind of my bread and butter. I did two things. One, I said, hey, Dave, Dave Kenworthy, I want you to triangle me to death, because I want triangle defense. Just triangle, triangle me to death. That's all I want to do. Every time I roll with Dave, triangle, triangle, triangle defense. I will let him triangle me so I can get my, my defense better. It still sucks, but it's gotten a little bit better. Um, as far as when I would attack people, whites and blue belts, I would say, all right, what's something basic that I can do and do pretty well? There's two things. One, uh, I would take the back every day or two, or I would triangle from the guard. Mm -hmm. And, but we're going to, we're not going to talk about the triangle from the guard for me at blue belt. So for me at blue belt, I really focused on and we're naked too. And I got to the point where I was having issues trying to finish her naked too because everybody would instantly turn it off and they would protect their neck. So I say, hey, what is something I can do to force the submission? Well, I started thinking people would kind of leave their arms loose like they're little chicken wings. So I started arm barring and triangling from the back at Blue Belt. That helped progress my game. Uh, now that I'm, I'm in Purple Belt for about a year and a few months now, um, one thing I've been working on is I've definitely gone to Dark Side of Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> I, I fell in love with the leg lock system. It's, it's not just because of of Donna her or anything like that. It's it's really because of 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 this the fact that it's something new and it's something that a lot of people don't focus on unless you're you know you're high level, you know, or, you know, a lot of people are fought to frown on you know leg locks, you know, leg locks this, leg locks that. You know, granted they can be dangerous, but I think if you drill it and work it in a slow controlled manner, it, it works. Um me at Purple Belt now, it's not just about me getting better. It's about helping other other Purples like Joe. Me and Joe, we trade ideas all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, helping whites and blues get better. So if it's something I'm doing, they're like, hey, Josh, how does this work? How do you get that to work and pass off and to work for you? Well, try this or this, you know, like with Kathy here. Um, Kathy has like a million nicknames for me, like for, for sure. Like when Kathy first started um, training at White Belt, I was a blue belt at the time. We had a series of things we'd work. It was break. It was go to break, pass, side control, knee on belly, S mount, or back take, and over and over and over and over. So, I, I think if you're any belt, you get a routine. You get a, you get a system, a sequence that you you work. You know, three or four base things. Boom, 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 boom. You get really good at those. Yeah. You drill that forever, and it'll <clears> never leave. You know, even when Kathy says, "Hey, Josh, let's drill something." Well. We're going to go back to square one. You know, we're going to go back to that sequence. Even if some of Andy, Andy says, hey, Josh, I need help with this. All right, show me where you're getting stuck at and how can I help improve. 
and, and Joe does it. Joe does that a lot. Joe gives me a lot of shit, but Joe really works with me on a little minute. I things. give you shit because I care about you. <laughs> he helps me on little minute things. Like, um, fuck, it was something I was doing wrong. It wasn't a leg lock. I think it was something simple, like a back take or something. Um, it was basically something simple. Like Joe looks at little details, and he works. Even Joe coaching, you know. Uh, if I'm rolling, I'll probably, Joe will take time out of this, out of when he's not rolling, resting, and literally coach. You know, and that's another thing I think you should be able to be comfortable with is is definitely getting accustomed to hearing a training partner's voice. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be your head coach's voice, but everybody's voice that you're rolling or you're listening to on the sidelines has a distinct cadence. Joe's cadence is very distinct. And, and very northern as, as much as I want to joke on this yeah. northern accent. <laughs> I was actually about to bring that up because um, I'm nor- from the northeast. I, I mean, I'm considered exotic in this part of the country. <laughs> so so. so I, I, I really am in tune from, you know, Air Force. We're not really in tune to that kind of talk, you know. Um, if Kathy's talking, I'm really in, in tune to her voice. She's very mellow, soft-spoken, you know. Um, until she starts dropping f bombs. Yeah, until she and, gets uh, angry, and, and then <laughs> and scares the shit out of us. Uh, I never want to see that Kathy ever again. I don't know who that person was. <laughs> um, Andy's real chill, you know. Andy has has a deep voice, so Andy's still learning. But I'll hear him sometimes talking with other white belts, saying, "You're doing this or do that." So, um, yeah, which you should never listen to a white belt. <laughs> some, sometimes, white sometimes belts, you do know more than that. Still, know more than them. Like, so, so in a, in a retrospect, it's really your jujitsu. Write a full chart, man. That's for any submission or position. Write a full chart, and write what you can do from that, and then branch that out. So start with one. I like you said three. Like at least start with one. So well, just what you should. I I think it was more over. I was talking about to get to that blue belt level. You should know at least three. So you know, focus on one position and get three moves down for that at least, and then move on to the next position. So for instance, like I was saying, guard. Just take a basic guard. There's really only two options you have from guard. Sweeper submit, and believe me, that drill sucks so much. Yeah, um, you should know one or two sweeps, one or two submissions, and how to interchange those two, mm. and you're good. So if you think armbar, you should build a triangle. If you think triangle, you should build an armbar and kimura somebody. Scissor sweep, you know, if you do simple sweep, you should be able to go guillotine or kimura off the simple sweep. And mm. I'm done. I got to go back to this lollipop. <laughs> I was going to say, think like a tree. The top of the tree and the branches coming out, that's all your top game positions and everything <laughs> that flows. And then everything from the bo- bottom on your back is the roots going into the ground and yeah. spreading out and all your techniques from there. <laughs> uh, stupid. Awesome. <laughs> that actually makes sense. So, yeah. All right. Is there anything like from when you changed levels, like mentally, that um, might have changed? or I, I think mentally, as far as me changing, I, I think... Uh, as you're growing up in jiu-jitsu from, from belt to belt, I think, um, so when I was a white belt, I was really friendly, you know what I mean? I was really friendly and joking like two days ago, you know, about training. Then once I got blue belt, I went to my first blue belt tournament, that really flipped the switch, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or if, you know, you got guys coming from other gyms, you know, and I think that's when you really test yourself and you want to see guys when you're, you're looking at, you know, I really want this one thing to work. So I'll go through a month or so and just, I only want to work one thing. Or if somebody calls me out, like somebody say, hey, Josh, you only do leg locks. All right, fine. I'm not going <laughs> to leg lock for an entire week. I'm just going to smash you and show you why I'm a purple ball and why you'll get here eventually. Yeah. So I think having a mental challenge or having a coach or a, te- or a team, a family, not even a team, a family that 
and wants to see you do better. You know, that helps you progress. Uh, purple belt, man, I was, man, like, I was like, man, what is something I want to do at purple belt? And, and it took me months to really figure out what I want to do. Uh, my first week at purple belt sucked. I remember getting my <laughs> purple belt that Saturday. The very next Saturday, I was at a tournament. Fresh purple belt. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to Joe and Chris. I'm not going to compete at Purple Belt. I've just been branding Purple Belt, and I competed anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also think your mentality goes with changing. Like, I have a mentality now. It's like, I'll, I'll fight anybody. I will grapple with anybody. I may not want to, but I'll grapple with anybody. And, and believing in your technique. You you may not get it the first time. You may not get it the same time, but really go for it. And you don't have to, like, pop into it hard all the time. But slowly coax your submission or your sweep out. Coax it out. You know, just really... Mm-hmm. milk it you know and then when you get it you hit it you hit it hard and you land into it so i think that mentality of, of going for i need to get this now to let me develop some patience and work and get these kinks and everything out of what i need to do is what's going to pay off for me in the long run mm. nice so yeah um i was gonna say with certain techniques if you're not good at i think if you're not good at particular ones um I still think, especially when you're lower rank, you should still make attempts at it. Um, I think once you get up to like maybe late stage purple or even brown belt, I would think that if you have certain techniques that you're not comfortable doing, like, you know, yeah, you might be able to do it, but it might be more difficult. I I think you can kind of get away with not having to worry about knowing them as much if you have other stuff to fall back right. into. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you still will obviously defense it. That's just across the board. Everybody should know that. Um, but as far as your actual attacks, like your techniques you're going to use, you know, just definitely because that's a lot of the best black belts out there is they only have that handful of techniques, but they're just so good at them that they yeah. make them work regardless of whatever uh, you're Carl doing. Gracie is does nothing new, does not do even half guard. He doesn't do De La Hiva, doesn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, but everything he does is old school juju and it's laser sharp, man. Yeah. He's so good. Arm bars. Yeah. Guillotines, arm bars, loop chokes. Yeah. That's about it. That's, that's that's his game. And he gets it every time, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a black belt thing, and that's once I get to there, that's probably what I'm gonna do is like, all right, I mean I have the built up of techniques in my head, I know what ones I can do, but yeah. let's make ones it's like that Bruce Lee qu- quote, you know, I don't fear the man who knows a thousand different kicks. I know the man who's trained one kick a thousand times because yeah. that kick's going to be so devastating. Like, uh, did you go to the uh, did you go to the Fowler seminar? I miss, uh, I missed the Fowler yeah. seminar. I, I, I went to the Fowler yeah, seminar. Yeah, I knew you were there. That's what he talked about, too. He's like, you know, really focusing your game on a small area. Like, you don't have to be – you're not going to be good at everything. It's impossible to be good at everything in jiu-jitsu. There's way too, too much stuff. Mm-hmm. So – you just find what you're really good at, you make it even better, and then make them fight your game. You know what I mean? Like, make sure that's what you're, you know, if they're good at De La Hiva, stay out, get, jump into their guard. Because <laughs> yeah. their guard's probably not going to be as good as their De La Hiva. Also, like, you know what I mean? Also, I think challenging yourself to do something different. Um, one of the things I've been working really heavily is passing everything to the left. Yep. Yeah, the weak side. Everybody's weak side is to the left. So, me. But then you're on your weak side as well, too, right? Yes and no. Um, Depending on what break I'm using, if I'm using my right hand, the break that's my naturally strong side on their left side of the body. Right. So I got it against himself. Mm. But if I'm going to, only time I'll have issue is if I'm breaking on the uh, person who's left handed, 
you know, with my left hand going to the right side of the body. It, it's something weird like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're if they're lefty, they should be more powerful on their left. But because jujitsu, we train everything with the right. You know, so getting yeah. yourself to go, I want to go left. Yeah, yeah I want to go right. I try to go to the right, just because it's a, my strong hand against their weak leg. Mm-hmm. But my side control from the left is fucking terrible. So <laughs> <laughs> it's the catch there. You know what I mean? Even if I get out. Yeah, you know, there, there are people who believe that you know any technique you learn, you should be able to do it. Both sides, yeah, so. and that's that's well and good. Early side should help your strong side, yeah, and that's that's well and good too, you know. Um, but again, once you get your technique so down pat, and you know, you should be able to make it work regardless of what side you want to go to. So yeah, um, but that's that's definitely further down the line. I mean, I, it says all boils down to constant drilling until you perfect it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So. Don't do it. Don't do it till you get it right. Do it till you can't get it wrong. It's a do it till you can't get enough. Nice, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Can't get enough of that lollipop, can you? <laughs> Shut your mouth. Shut you your should mouth. be shutting your mouth with that lollipop in there. It's probably not even a real bug. No, it is. <laughs> it looks pretty real to me. Like it's uh, he's been of staring at it. I already took a picture of it, so it's kind of interesting. Like, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this morning. <laughs> well, keep working on it. All right, so, hey, why don't we move on to the next topic? So, since this podcast is not being dominated by testosterone this month, because we have Kathy here, we wanted to talk about basically just women in martial arts. Now, a while back, we did do a podcast where we talked about uh, women who, who do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and had kind of focused on a few, uh, a few who are really well-known competitors and things like that. But we figured let's open it up kind of like across the board, all like, you know, female martial artists that we know, whether they're competitors or even like there's celebrities here and there that do it too. So, um, Kathy, did you have anybody in mind? Ladies first. <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of people, I don't, I don't have anyone in mind, but it's more of, let me just talk about Pretty much how I got into it as a female, mm-hmm. just because we all know that for martial arts, I mean, you see a lot more males interested in these things. I mean, even though we have uh, female practitioners, we look at the fan base, and a lot of people who are watching these events are males. Mm-hmm. Very few females. If you look in our class, I mean, you what? I'm one it's, out it's of how many? Just you, and once in a while, we have another white belt that we see. Yeah, that's, so, that's pretty much it. You know, it's it would be a lot. You know, better if we see a lot more females out there. Um, so I just wanted to jump back a little bit, just coming from a female perspective, because I don't think you, any of you guys have to deal with this, you know? Um, Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I would hope not. But pretty much um, how I actually got started into all this. So it, it's pretty fucked up out there. Like the world's pretty fucked up, right? Mm. Um I remember hearing about the knockout game. I don't know if you guys remember it yep. or not. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, we're teenagers. We're just going around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah knocking oh, people unconscious. Yeah. That was a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I laid in bed one night, and I was like, hey, I was talking to my husband. We like, what would you do if, you know, someone comes up to us and starts attacking us? Like, what would you do? And he was like, well, I would just try to stop him or, you know, block him and let you run away. And for me... I don't like that, you know. I don't like the fact of oh, I'm gonna leave my I'm gonna leave my friend or leave my partner or whatever it is, and just we're off and try to get help. I know you're supposed to, but I want to be able to defend myself. Uh-huh. Um, because yeah, what if he's not there? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's it's a scary thing. You're more likely to get attacked when you're by yourself than you are when it's two of you. Either. Right. 
Uh-huh. I mean, so that's how I got into Krav. Now, for jiu-jitsu, um, you know, I thought about it, and I was like, man, you know, as a female, I would get knocked down a lot. Do I know what I need to do when I'm on the ground? So that's how I decided I need to learn something mm-hmm. you know, that is actually focused on that, um, taking someone to the ground, or if I'm on the ground, actually having the advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's a lot of well-known females who train martial arts. Most of them have a similar view and similar reason why they got into it. It's just definitely for the self-defense aspect. And when they grow really passionate about it, that's the ones who get really well-known. So, yeah. But it kind of it does seem like in general, like I mean, there are men who who get into it just for self-defense too. Um, but right, right. for the most part, it's kind of split between that and. Uh, just want to do it because they like the look of it because it looks like such a manly thing to do you know or <laughs> you know or some people like you know want to get out of whatever situation home life or where they live you know need an outlet you know that's how you see boxers and things like that get into it so but for women it seems like more of it is skewed towards for self-defense purposes so i mean i when i first did all this stuff you know it was through multiple aspects and i'm really trying to reach out to women out there and also around me just pick up something learn something it doesn't you don't have to devote your whole life to it just know something it does help yeah Yeah. um i mean i started was trying to lose weight trying to get healthy trying to get some self-defense and also an outlet for like my anger issues and it's all there um and also i guess I don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. Well, this let's, all calm, let's all calm down. <laughs> um, but I guess females is a lot of the females I know try to. They're always saying, "Oh, hey, yeah, I really want to do kickboxing," but then it's for yeah. a different reason. Yeah, they go to cardio kickboxing, which is not really yeah the best. I mean, it's good for if you to lose weight and be in shape. Great. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm not knocking that, but... But I'm really Don't get you this false confidence. I'm I'm really big for Mm self-defense. So, there's this um, one article I read recently. Real or not, it's still very important. Um, It was... I can't remember who wrote it, but it was uh, a father who actually talked about how um, he was trying to get people to be more aware of human trafficking. Mm -hmm. So, him or his wife and his youngest daughter were out at Target um, some, some late night and they were almost picked up had it not been for some other people who were aware of these things happening in the state. I think it was Minnesota or something like that. Um, who oh, sat great. I'm going waited. there this week, too. Huh? <laughs> Thanks. Oh, yeah. Joe, like Someone's going to try to pick you up. Come on. Oh, come on. Look at me. <laughs> they want that melon. They want that melon. So, look at that soft. Can we look at me like a butcher looks at a cow carcass cutting prime meat <laughs> off of it. <laughs> but... You know, they didn't. They weren't aware of it, and a lot of people. It's either you're not aware of it, or you're gonna think, ah, that can't happen to me. It's always better to be safe and know something. Just have something in your back pocket. Yeah. You know, I always like the element of surprise. I like. I like to come in and like. Hopefully, one day I'll have a pink gi. You no, know? just <laughs> have people like, oh, she can't do anything, mm-hmm. but then come out as a surprise. Yeah. You actually got me thinking back to in the old styles that I used to train in, like there was basically two type of women who I ever saw training when I was doing, um, Tong Sudo and Koi Kon Karate. They were either, 
there because they were serious about the self-defense aspect. The rest of them were only there because their boyfriends were training at the same place and they just wanted to be around them. So, and those ones just, yeah, never took it seriously, never got that far as far as belt ranks or anything. And that was always just kind of disheartening to see because, you know, they're genuinely nice women. It's just, I don't think they understood the purpose of what we were doing and how we were training. So, so here's the other thing, (laughs) I guess, compared to other, um, other martial arts, Jiu-jitsu, it's a little more intimate, I would say. Um, yeah. Just the positions that we get into. If you think about it the wrong way, then yeah, you're going to feel awkward. But you can't take it like that. <laughs> um, yeah. And pretty much just the get over that fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first came in, I remembered I was coming in from work and Chris... He thought I was walking into the wrong area. He was like, uh, do you know where you're walking? <laughs> yeah. I, I want to watch and I may want to join. And when I tried it out, I mean, I'm not going to say that you won't run into um, sketchy people. Sometimes you do, but you just got to get over it. Um, when I first tried out, I mean, it, it was kind of uncomfortable for me because, you know, a lot of the stuff that I did, it didn't have such close contact. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, I thought, whoa, does he have his hands on my fucking breast right now? Like, are you are you fucking serious? <laughs> um, all right, sure. But guess what? I came back the next day and the next. And as soon as you know it, you know, people who aren't there just to train, to learn these things seriously, they'll be weeded out. Yeah. They'll yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I used to people come and go a lot. Uh, I just I've only been like there a year, and the people will come for three weeks and then stop coming. They're like, "Oh man, you actually get hurt doing this stuff." Yeah. <laughs> if, you yeah. pro- if you probably add it all up, there's probably more people who don't last than the people who stick right. with. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, I mean, it's definitely a mindset kind of deal because it's either you know you get psyched out because someone else like you know broke your arm or broke something or you got hurt. That, that pretty much eliminates a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we get a lot of those g- gym guys that work out a lot. Uh, oh, yeah. That come yeah. in. Oh, I love it when those guys come in. I love it. They, after about three weeks of getting smashed, they give up. They get deflated. They, yeah. they, don't, they can't handle the humility of it. Mm-hmm. You know? I love I love it, though. I mean, it's it's a very humbling experience. Everyone who asks me you know, what I do when I tell them, you know, it's really humbling. You get submitted, or you get you have you tapped out all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You get choked out, stuff like that. But that's how you learn, and that's how you really appreciate who you're working with. Yeah, um, and appreciate the art. Like whenever that happens to me, I don't get mad. Like some some guys actually come in, they're like, "Oh yeah, I can get this." Like that small, that small bitch, like he's nothing. But when they get tapped out, they actually get mad, and like, that you like, don't learn. Like you better get that choke, Kathy. <laughs> Sit the choke in. That happened when I wasn't there, Josh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It looks like every week, Joe. You're on yeah, Harley. Yeah, I know. Anymore. I know. Well, now I see why. It took me like 40 minutes to get out of here. <laughs> I live right by the studio. <laughs> but I, I think as, as a guy training, um, so when I first started training, there wasn't any girls at the gym. Um, like I said, we've had girls come and go, but for me, I never really work with them, you know what I mean? Because a lot of times, well, I'm, I'm, I'm bigger or stronger or whatever. Like, but for us, the only chick I've actually worked with all the time is Kathy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's because she's 
Some women are like, oh no, I don't like that, blah blah blah. Kathy's really gung ho about y'all. Let's let's put in this work. Let's make ourselves better at the end of the day. Like I can be chilling on the mat, like yo, I'm just chilling today. I'm not doing nothing. Kathy has made this invisible triangle that comes out of nowhere that she's gonna buy from Amazon.com. Buy your gear from <laughs> Amazon.com. That's a plug because I work there. Support stock. Um, <laughs> you company whore, you. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, um, you gotta have you. You have to be as 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 a respectable training partner. You know, you have to be able to work with anybody from any any background. You have to be able to work with them and be and be earnest to share whatever we want to use and be open with them. Say, hey, you know. This is what we're here for, and this is why we're here. And if you have an ego or problem, you gotta leave that at the door, you know. Yeah. Or you have to, if there is an issue, you either talk to your instructor or talk to the person you have an issue with, you know, and get that care up, taken care of. You know, but as far as training wise, you should be able to come in and train with anybody you want on any given oh, yeah. day and learn something from everybody. Yeah, I still remember the first time I went to the top game for for uh, jujitsu. Um, the I went in there. I'd already stopped by before and seen the class. And uh, Chris told me when the, you know, no gi class was since I didn't have a gi yet. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll come to the no gi class and try it out. And the first person I actually made, for, like, you know, talk to while I was there was uh, a woman who trained with us. Uh, her name was Jenny. And she's just really cool, really laid back. And, um, you know, she was serious about it uh, when she's trained. Unfortunately, life gets in the way and she's not trained with us right now. But it was just interesting to see that because, you know, all the times I'd seen it before and this was before, you know, women got into like the UFC, which I was watching at the time. Um, so it was just cool to see that. And I got to work with her quite a bit that it's kind of been like, okay, yeah, I'm, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You should be able to train with anybody. So, and of course we've had Kathy, we've had, you know, a few other women, some, some are, you know, some still train, uh, some have stopped, but all of them all around have been okay to work with. You know, it's never been, anything to make me uncomfortable you know because i think even when i wrestled we actually had a woman on the wrestling team one year so and i actually ended up working with her a lot so i think probably part of that might have helped um because i'd already kind of been there um of course you do get a little self-conscious like i do kind of watch where my hands are sometimes when i'm working with kathy and stuff like that you know just you know because i don't want to make it like i'm blatantly going for something it's actually really funny because i can tell <laughs> i i know i i kind of figure but i'm like if she doesn't say anything maybe right. i'm okay so so yeah i do try to be mindful you know it's it's just a respect thing with me so but i mean i'm not afraid to choke you out and yeah. make you tap or anything like that i i, I you know had to you know make sure i'm over that hurdle because if i'm not tapping you out then you're not learning either right. if i hold back so and that's true of with even like just the white belts yeah. too you know male or woman you know whatever level you're at uh i mean i'm gonna end up trying to submit you either way because otherwise you're not going to learn how to defend so yeah absolutely i think my first experience with chris and top game was like i just moved from georgia and like i see chris email boom hey come his address come sweet so i go to the old academy those of you who don't know the old academy was in the back of this gym right this huge this gym right mm -hmm. now i get there and I'm sitting on the bench, you know, I had a button down, a sweater on, pulled out, you know, sitting on the bench. And I'm like, hey, can I, can I join your class? He's like, yeah, you know, if you got gear. I'm like, all right, where's the bathroom? Go to the bathroom, come out, boom. I had my tap out shorts on underneath the gear and my ultra-tight tap out rash guard. I was fanboy back there, tap out. Suck me out. 
Thanks, Vince and company. Oh, come uh, on. They're, they sponsor WWE now. Yeah, <laughs> Vince owns them. Vince owns them. But, um, you know, that was my first experience with, with Chris and that the, the gym there, you know, is very friendly walking. So I knew from that point on, anybody else comes in, I have to treat them with that same respect, you know, or male or female. You know, hey, here you go. You know, this is what we're here for. I'm here to help you guys better. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a really important thing especially when doing something new like this to test, like check out the gym because before I um, actually joined, um, I did call around and talk to people. For me, it was, there were several important questions. Like when I go there, I want to check out the guys and see, are they here to actually train and practice and like better, better themselves? Or are they just meatheads and trying to break someone? I mean, I don't want that. And we're all going to age, you know, we want to better ourselves. We want to help our partners instead of hurting them. Um, that was a big deal. And the other big deal was just Chris. He definitely focuses on everyone equally mm. um, as opposed to just focusing on like, the male practitioners. Yeah. And I don't think we treat you like any different. Oh, like no. you're, you know, you go through the class like normal. We don't yep, yep. change up techniques or no. anything. Like I know training other styles, the self-defense stuff we would do, we would, you know, for the women who trained, you know, it would be changed up because there'd be specific more to them. Like, you know, like self-defense from like a hair pull or something or guy, you know, like, you know, grabbing you from behind, trying to run off with you. Like, you know, it was very tailored to them, at least with. With jujitsu, we kind of it doesn't matter. You yeah, can still. Well, that's the great thing about jujitsu is size doesn't matter. Right. You know, it's, it's all about yep. timing and technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what I really appreciate about it. Is like I think I've read a quote from Elio Gracie. It's like you should always assume that your opponent's going to be bigger and stronger than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to have to use technique and timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we have guys like like Nick, um, Wayne, yeah. some really smaller Wayne guys, like, right, you know. Wayne is like so, a booger you can't get over yeah. your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a snake, man. He just, he, you know, just wriggles his way out and just you can't hold on to him. And yeah. that's exactly how a small person should be training in jiu-jitsu. So, because they're not going to use strength and be able to sweep yeah, you I mean, when they're he only in a weighs bomb position. 130 pounds. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, but I mean, there are smaller guys who can sweep bigger guys because their technique is that good, mm-hmm. you know. So I remember seeing we had some guy come in one time, and he he was at least two fifty. He was up there, definitely like heavy and like out of shape and everything. And I think I was watching Aaron was working with him, and Aaron's like, "Yeah, you want to do like a live roll to try it out?" And Aaron was like sweeping the guy from from half guard. I was like, "Shit!" And like it wasn't like just like you know throwing off his balance like he was actually hooking underneath his leg and actually like outright lifting him off because his technique was that sound so it's any technique is doable if you know how to work it and it shouldn't matter the size of the person yeah now there we have a new guy i can't i don't even remember his name he's got me about 50 pounds and uh he's the first one i ever hit a scissor sleep on (laughs) 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 only because he didn't know what he was doing he had no idea how to defend it even the fact that Mm -hmm. it was coming but that, it didn't matter. It's just like, oh, that was it something. Made me feel good. I, that was something I forgot to mention. Like part of my mentality right now too is, uh, and it's kind of a quote that I like. Uh, when you thought you had all the answers, I changed the questions. Yeah. So that's how I want to roll. I is you know you think you know what I'm doing, and you think you have the defense to it, and then I'm going to change it up on you, and you're going to have right. Which, you're going to have no response. So, uh, which is in the first year, 
I've noticed like almost everybody that had been there longer than me has changed um, their game almost a hundred percent. Like they don't like uh, Steve when I first got there was all about baseball chokes and half guard. <laughs> like he never puts you in half guard anymore. Rarely, like, uh-huh. he's always he's got you know. Josh was a big half guard when I first got there. Then it was triangles. Now it's legs. You know, uh, Wayne had totally different attacks. Yeah, like uh, everybody evolves. Everybody evolves. That's what's so awesome about it. Like just when you think you're getting somewhere, it's like nope, you're not getting anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's a constant. Even when you finally, uh, finally complete something or you make it some some small accomplishment, it's just like. That's just one small step on this never-ending ladder, you know. And jujitsu, like most, some people say traditional styles, it's always evolving. It's always evolving. Like, like you can look, just look at the guard game alone. 50-50, Birambolo, uh, Lasso, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Octopus guard. I mean, it's it's it never freaking ends. Mm-hmm. The, freaking the last guard I knew about this, like, flashy whatnot is Jeff Glover's donkey guard that, that's the last new guard that I actually seen in practical use granted I'll never do it because you know I just don't want to do that alright Eddie Bravo's rubber rubber man guard mm-hmm. yeah but that's kind of older but yeah, yeah, yeah. Rubber, rubber guards yeah but I don't play it though you know I started I used to play it at I'm white belt flexible enough to move. I used to play it at <laughs> white belt but I don't play it no more it just doesn't fit my game I've, I've tried it a couple of times it just uh, it's very rare though because the guys really gotta be trying to like stack forward and putting weight on me f- for me to actually like get the leg to that point you know but then of course most everybody recognizes it now anyways i think it's i think it's really disguising everything every all your techniques uh-huh. um, which is hard especially that's like what really is difficult for white belts it's like you don't even know enough to do one move much less like disguise it <laughs> right but i mean it's always the basics. Like how you said, it's always evolving, right? Mm-hmm. So basics is the most important thing because that's the stable thing. That's always the thing that you can go to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to do flying arm bars in your first like three months of training. What? You know? three, three. I know because I was attempting it after about three months. <laughs> so just to try to be unpredictable. But, you know, <laughs> I don't think I ever got it to work once. So I'll go back to it down the road when I'm, you know, kind of have a better understanding of it. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, all this is just definitely a game, but a game that you're playing with yourself, like getting better at something or getting over that obstacle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and you're you're really you really are learning new things every single time. I don't think I've been to a class where I haven't like I I've left now. I was like, oh yeah, I got this damn pack. No, I'm always reflecting and thinking, man, what did I do wrong? How can I make it better? YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. God. You know, YouTube well, is good for ideas. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. You know. Escapes. Go ahead. I was saying, like, it, it, you know, if someone Wayne's gotten into Spider Guard, I immediately went home as like Spider Guard escapes. <laughs> 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 I, I think for uh, one thing, you know, one gift, one thing I gave most of the people that I'm really, really close friends with, you know, and I use myself is uh, a journal. It sounds stupid. Bring a journal. Or notepad, mm-hmm. notebook, email, text, smoke signal, whatever you got to do, <laughs> jot something record, down, you know? Record, record your matches. Record yeah. your matches. Write it down of what you worked. Then, you know, go home, look at it, you know, take a day or two away from it, and go back and read it again. 
mm-hmm. and, and try to break it down. And that way it'll, it'll stick with you. You know, it'll be like thick oatmeal, you know, stick to your ribs. Um, yeah, I'm with there with Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oatmeal, I've know? never heard that expression, though. No, that's only from Josh. Yeah, he's got the food I think, references. It's a bit of a southern reference as far as food. It's, it sticks to your ribs, man, when it's cold outside. You know, you eat it and it no, okay, now he's just making shit up. <laughs> I'm so not making that shit up. It's fucking true. We got a thick bowl of oatmeal and just try, try doing that. It just sticks on the freaking food. <laughs> anywhere. Um, but no, seriously, just take something and, and write it down and memorize it from that way and go back to it over and over and over. Like a full chart. Yeah, I mean, there's that. I also, because a lot of guys like to roll, every single time I roll with the upper belt, I'm like, okay, before we start, can you make sure that you just kind of notice what we're doing and then come back to it at the end? So like, all right, what did I do wrong? Why did I end up tapping? Mm. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Some guys will help you out during the middle of the roll. Oh, yeah. And uh, other guys will not even help you out unless you ask. Yeah. Right. Yeah, our instructor, Chris, is really good about that. Like, you'll do a round with him, and if he sees something, he'll be like, hey, can I show you something? And just, mm-hmm. you know, show you, like, you know, if you attempted a technique that didn't work, he'll give you a pointer on it, you know, or he'll maybe give you a different option or something like that. So I he's... attempt a technique on the black belt. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all about... You, tried passing, you passed Dave Stark today, so... Yeah, I tried to. Yeah. <laughs> I got past his legs. That's important because his legs are long as hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, that's, that, that's a further step five. than most people who <laughs> train there, too. <laughs> One thing I passed his legs, I was like, holy shit. And then, uh, no, it didn't last long at all. Sweet. Oh, man. He, he, I got tried to get the side control and he immediately put me back in guard. Whatever. Um, <laughs> so, what is something that you all are looking to expect for yourself for the, by the end of the year? Something that you, you're a goal that we're all working towards to by the end of the year? Blue belt. <laughs> 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 So for mine, it's just pretty much getting out of that mindset. Because from what you said, Josh, I stop myself a lot. You know, like I know what I need to do. I see an opening, but I just don't do it because I don't believe. I don't believe in it. I guess I don't really believe in myself and the technique. So it's it's really really tough. Yeah. Just kind of breaking down that wall. Uh yeah. I know that I'm way more passive when I'm rolling against other belts, even like purple belts. Like I don't really try anything. Where if I'm rolling with a blue belt or a white belt, I feel like they just know a little bit more than me. They don't know a lot more than me. So I'm more aggressive to try things. And it's like, why not, you know, try, be a little more aggressive. Like, I, yeah, I would never even think about trying a submission on a black belt or even going for one because they're going to know how to defend it. So it's like, I'm just going to lay here and... Yeah. But there are the instances where you could possibly catch them, though. That's that yeah. does happen, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and a I, white I belt can't tap out black belt if the black belt, you know, is you know, gets a little too lax. You yeah. know, that's happened plenty of times. So, um, yeah, I'm just not for some reason. I like go to this different mode of rolling. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, don't be afraid to attempt techniques, you know, because even if it fails, you know, you'll at least learn, you know, what you could have done to get it to work. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, I think for me, um, I mean, I'm still just trying to stay relaxed out there regardless of, like, whatever position I'm in. I mean, I'm pretty much just, you know, especially with whites and blue belts, you know, I don't mind just going right to my back, you know, let them pass the side control because, you know, just learn to stay comfortable from those spots. Um, I'm in side control a lot. <laughs> so, you know, like, like I'll get some guys looking at me like I'll just kind of sit there like, you know, hands up like I'm not trying to go for grips or anything and I'm like just – 
Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So, Which is also off-putting. Like, oh, okay, what do I do now? So, <laughs> like, what's fine. Like you know, it's good for the lower ranks because it gives them a chance to try to work techniques and everything. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm pretty confident with my defense you know, that's like, all right, I know I'm going to know how to get at it. But at least, you know, let let them give, you know, give it a shot, you know. You know, I don't want to be constantly, like, rolling over people, you know. Because um, that can be a little discouraging, I yeah. think. And that's yeah. why a lot of people tend to stop training is because they feel like they're not learning anything. But most of them, it's just they might not ever get the chance to try anything. Well, so. it, it can feel like you're not learning anything until you, like, if you just stick it out, man. Eventually, there's going to be a brand new guy that knows nothing. I, and then I, I think, go ahead. that tournament we did, I got to go against the white belt mm-hmm. that I've never gone against. And, you know, yeah, like, like things just worked on him that would never work in top game. <laughs> I think for me, you know, um, I'm at a point where I like I, I know I can't compete much longer. You know, even though there's all kinds of you know, absolutes, masters, all this. I know eventually I'm not gonna be able to compete much. So, what do you mean? Me, How old are you? I'm 35. This is 47. Yeah, he still competes. I, I'm saying it as he right. he wants food more than anything yeah. else. That's what he's saying. <laughs> I, I, I think we reward him like you know, hey Josh, if you win this tournament, we'll take we'll you out to you dinner. Cake. I think that. <laughs> we'll um, no, I, I mean, I guess I love I love competing. I think for me, eventually, I would like to step back and work more with. Uh, I already teach. I already help assist coaching kids. You know, I already, I already I'm pretty I'm pretty decent at that. At least I hope I think I am. Um, I would like to sit back more like at the end of class, like have a, like a little round table of whites and blue belts. You know, if Chris, whatever's all doing this, have a discussion about what we thought we did in class today. And, you know, I, I saw, uh, read an article about a guy who actually was at an academy, he actually does that. At the end of his class, he actually posts a video. His name is Mikhail Abdullah, I believe. He runs Aces BJJ down in Texas somewhere. I think Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this video and it, it is very inspiring. He sits down after every class. He has like a little open round table to say, what was technically did? How did you use it? And how did it impact you today? So even if it's not the whole class, even if it's like, like three or four people have a discussion about the class's technique and did you try using it and rolling? I think one, I think that'll help ingrain it more. And I think it'll allow every level to adapt and grow. You know, mm-hmm. it's something that, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it seems kind of stupid, but and that's what I thought at first, but then when I sat back and thought, I was like, wait a minute. That's a, diff- that's a different way. Yes, I'm still eating the lollipop. Here. I know. It looks like you're right. You're just at the worm right now. Yeah, so. I don't know how I feel about that. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 we don't so care how you feel. You still got to finish it. That. Something's poking out. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 um, but um, I, I think things of that nature, of helping other students get back, you know, whether it's white belts or blue belts, say, hey, this, how did you use the technique? And you got here, you didn't use it. Let's figure out how we can work with you to get this better. And then it'll help all of us grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, for, I'm kind of doing that now with, with uh, Ashi. You know, I love the leg lock. Me and Steve have been fucking killing it. And, <laughs> oh, by the way, new hashtag found Hella Reap. Um, Jeez. Um, I know so, I made you in charge of social media, but come on. <laughs> um, but. No, no, seriously, uh, I think, like, I'll do that with, like, a couple people. I've done it with Andy. I've done it with Kathy. I've done it with Joe. Like, just break down something that I'm working on. I think sharing knowledge is what's going to make us all yeah. better as a, as a, as a team, yeah. you know, whether it's going out for tournaments or whatever. Yeah. Or, or if you get some random guy that says, you know what, I'm going to come in and storm your gym, and, okay, before you get to Chris, go through that white belt. 
go to that blue belt, go to that purple belt, mm-hmm. go to that brown belt. By the time they get the brown belt, they're probably either worn out by Mijo or some other purple, and then they get dom, then they're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think having a, a way to help make sure the whole team's kind of on the same developmental path. In one form or another, it's, it's good. So, that's yeah. my thought process. Yeah. And I like the idea of, like, those brainstorming sessions. I mean, especially um, as of late when I get into the brainstorming sessions, because now I at least know what I'm talking about. I at least understand the techniques a little better um, that I can kind of, like, fully participate in those discussions. And that's what I like, especially, you know, because when you're first starting out and you're talking to the black belts, you know, it's kind of you're asking them the questions and you know, they have to explain things to you. But when you get up there, all of a sudden you're talking about techniques and you kind of go back and forth with ideas and little adjustments and things like that. It's it's a constant learning process whenever you're training, you know, and it's regardless of what you're doing. Yeah, it definitely helps ingrain whatever you're learning, whatever you're training on. Because teaching just kind of reinforces that you know what you're talking about. You know what yeah. you're doing. And that's something too um because i think since i became a purple belt i've kind of embraced the teaching role a lot more um because even when i was a blue belt i was getting asked you know questions by the white belts all the time and stuff and it was it, it felt kind of weird at first you know because like i'm only a blue belt i'm not that much further along than you and you know i'm still learning stuff too but and you at know at the same time it takes a long to get the blue belt you've got at least two years on more yeah longer. More so, so yeah, it just it always felt weird for me because I'd get white belts asking me questions yeah. and and uh, you have that perspective not of remembering what it, not know not knowing anything yeah. too. So, but I mean, it it got good because I could you know answer the questions or I at least know somebody who could answer them. Um, and you know now I'm at purple belt. I'm like, yeah, go ahead and just ask me whatever. You know, if it's really out there, I'll refer you to somebody else. But yeah. for the most part, I can explain it or I can even give you an alternative. And that's something that's definitely come with time so because I, I do like you know because i got up to black belt in tong sudo i got up to brown belt in koi khan i did enjoy teaching when i did that but that was a way different structure than what you have in jujitsu so because you know in those styles i'm just i'm giving orders and i'll point out what what you need to work on whereas this is just it's a it's more hands-on free-flowing of ideas so yeah. just because things it's constantly evolving you can get to one attack multiple ways. Uh-huh. Prime, prime example. So last week, uh, me and Pat's Saturday? Saturday, Sunday. Saturday or Sunday? Sure, whatever day. Dave, <laughs> I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Dave, 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 Dave was working with us, uh, me and Kathy, and he showed us a different grip from the back. Um, oh, the motorcycle grip. The motorcycle, he showed us the motorcycle grip. I've seen it before, but I've never, you know, had time to really, really work with so Dave, um, Showed us how to apply the motorcycle grip from the back and to go to the armbar. And he was like, hey, this is what you're doing wrong. This is how you make your armbar tighter without them stacking into you. You know, we're off trying to armbar from the back. And it just one or two little things like that. It works, you know. And just, just being able to be open to suggestion. I think it makes jujitsu so much better than any other style. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're allowed to, hmm, let me see if I think about this. That works, but how can I add my own little spice to it? You know, to make it better, make it better for food me. reference again. Spice, <laughs> spice thing. He's trying to be like salt, salt bay. bay. Oh my god! You know, and, and, and really just make it make it work for you, I guess. And there's always uh, good modifications too if you have some kind of uh, injury, injury, or 
Like, I have a busted ankle. I'm, I sprained really bad when I was 15. My foot does not bend certain ways. Like, even uh, taking someone's back and stretching them out, like, that's a tap for me. Like, it gets my ankle in a position that it cannot go in. Uh-huh. Like, I can't stretch somebody out. But there's always, there's like 100 different moves you can do from somebody's yeah. back. Yeah, so, so that's, yeah, when I've been injured before, like, I hate not training, you know, like, even with an injury. So as soon as I feel like I can move around, I at least want to drill something, and I'll find something that I can drill that, you know, accommodates that injury to where I'm not dealing with it as much, and I can just focus on those techniques. So, like, every time I've been injured, pretty much that's always been my approach is, all right, I'm not going to roll with anybody because I don't want to make the injury worse. Right. But I still want to do something active and me sitting there watching a class, I'm not going to learn anything. So let me at least go out there, find something I can drill. That's not going to put any pressure where I don't want it. And maybe doesn't even require a certain movement. That's going to hurt, hurt me even more. And I'll just kind of go with that. And I'll do that for as long as it takes before I'm like fully feeling better. It's like, all right, now I can get back into the regular swing of things. But it helps with whatever techniques I spent all that time drilling. They get that much better because I've dedicated that time to them. So one of the craziest things I remember seeing, this happened last year with me and Kathy, or last year. So we were doing a takedown, and somehow my fat ass landed on Kathy's ankle. Oh, man, Josh almost cried. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I almost cried because I didn't want to hurt a tiny part. It Josh is a sensitive guy. He, he is very sensitive. <laughs> uh, so he almost did that when my, I popped my own knee rolling with him. <laughs> so, right, so I kind of got this bad boy reputation of hurting people. And it's generally not on purpose. So that's why I'm like. But crazy thing I remember seeing is Kathy. She's on the bench, right? She, like, she takes an ice pack and takes her spell belt, ties it around with the ice pack, and comes back out there, continues train and, and, and drill throughout class. I've never seen my thing. You know what? Fuck it. I want this bad. Just face up and come back out. I've never seen any guy or female, besides the movie, besides the movie, <laughs> real life, we're talking real life here, people, come out and retrain after getting injured. I mean, I just feel like that's the most important thing. You know, you can't let an injury psych you out and make you quit. Mm-hmm. Like, pop back in the mouth, man. What the fuck? <laughs> All right. Thank you. But... I mean, that discourages a lot of people. And it's really upsetting to see um, people who I talk to who are like, oh, you do jujitsu? I would so love to do that. Okay, well, what's stopping you? Oh, yeah, I don't want to hurt my back or anything. Well, you'll learn how to protect your own body. Your body will eventually learn on its own, like muscle memory, right? Mm-hmm. The more you drill, the more you practice all this, it'll come naturally. Yeah. Um, just don't let it psych you out. And when people ask, like, oh, well, what, ha- what injuries have you gone through just because you know they think oh all the guys are going to go easy or soft on you no i definitely had my injury i like sprained both my i think lcls and then um well josh like cracked my ankle um joao he i think his heels smacked my head extremely hard where i had a huge ass welt and just pushed it back in you know and we just continue rolling but you just got you got to get past that. Yeah. yeah. That's with jujitsu. You have such an abundance of techniques available to you that even if you cut out ones that, you know, because of an injury, you just can't do them. You still have so much that you can still do. Yeah. So you're not like it. It feels like it's a limit when it's really not. It's barely putting a dent in what you could be doing. Like, Where do you think we have a half guard? So, I mean, yeah, it's you're in a self-defense situation. There's, you're not going to. Say, hey, time out. 
So, I, uh, I strain yeah. my knee. I'm gonna have to stop. You know. Yeah. But I'll see yeah. you in two weeks. They're committed to that. Yeah. All right. See in two weeks, all right? Yeah, can you punch me on this side of the face? Because my vision is not too good on this side. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know in jiu-jitsu, make a joke about going for the, you know, one of the greatest things about jiu-jitsu, far as respect-wise, is uh, if you tell somebody you have an injury, they're going to make a joke. Joking, God, I hope they're not serious about this. They're saying, hey, I'm going to attack that side of your body. What are the injured limits? You're going to make that joke. They're going to they're gonna attack that side. and But nobody does it. They always attack the opposite. Or if they get somewhere close to the injury, like, hey, is this bothering you? No, cool. I'm gonna get sure to crank it now. It, it just depends on who you're with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the good training partner. Yeah. I was just thinking about <laughs> the movie Kickboxer with Tong Po. He start the round, he would point to his own elbows, and that's all he threw that <laughs> round was elbows, and he's kicking the shit out of Van Dam. <laughs> Next round, he points to his knees. So I'm gonna throw his knees, and he proceeds to kick the shit out of him with knees. <laughs> uh, I remember. It was when uh, Bill Donna, Dorman, Bill Dorman, that seminar. Wow, Bill. Wow, mm-hmm. Bill. Uh, so immediately we did a roll afterwards and on uh, Dave, uh, new blue belt Dave. Uh, new Japan Dave? Yeah. I went for uh, a takedown and I kicked his shin and I ended, I didn't know at the time, but I broke, I cracked the bone Damn. behind the toe, right on the ball of the foot. And I was like, uh, I was sitting there icing it and Chuck's like, what happened? I was like, I think I broke my toe. And he's like, all right, see you Monday. <laughs> and I just taped, for about three months, I just taped taped the shit out of my foot. Be like Kenworthy with his mummified oh, foot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They broke his toe, and all he did was just wrap the shit out of his foot and tape. And he's like, all right, I'm ready to go. Yeah, he's just re-broken another toe. Yeah, he's, yeah, he maybe lasts like a month, and then he's taping up his that toe again. Tape. Yeah. So, And you don't really want to use your foot that much. It's a ground game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not kicking you in the face. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh man. So yeah, we got a good, uh, good amount there. Um, I know we kind of went off track, but we talked about a lot of good stuff. And with all of us being passionate about jujitsu, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just, good I'm just passionate about martial arts in general. I mm-hmm. mean, yes, we all practice jujitsu, and yes, we all love it. But to bring it back to the topic that you know I brought up, just. Anyone who's listening, like male or female, just learn something to defend yourself. Learn something to help yourself. Um, don't depend on someone else. And don't don't just stand there and think it's not going to happen to me. Because it could. And don't think buying a gun's an answer either. That's a lot of... Yeah. I've heard people say, oh, that's why I have a gun. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. Whatever. Yeah, what if you can't get to it? Yeah. yeah. What if the gun's get... a tool. You're the weapon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> learn Sharpen your weapon. Yeah. I own a gun when you got these guns. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Kathy, since you've trained so many different types, or you, Joe, like, what is your favorite? Uh, what would you, what do you, like, Cobb McGraw, I hear a lot of good things about Cobb McGraw. I don't hear really a lot of good things about Aikido. So, like, I mean, could you go, you know, you, did you feel like you were training something like, this is not really going to work? Uh, or were you pretty confident in all your fighting styles? So, I actually liked every single one. I mean, they're all different, but. At the same time, they're all the same. In my mind, it's all similar. It's just a different approach to each. Yeah. Um, I, I think any style you train in, um, there's something you can take from it and right. make use of. You may you may not be able to use everything from it. Right. But I think there's something like there's still things I remember from when I trained Tong Sudo and Koi Khan that, you know, because that's karate styles, but there's still certain aspects for stand up. And when I'm doing the kickboxing classes, I'll kind of go back to some of that right. stuff. Um, I, I did a couple of Aikido seminars, so I have an idea how it works. Um, 
I mean, there is still some use to that. It's just it's hyper specific to the situation. Yeah, so. I think out of everything that I did, Aikido might be the thing I didn't like or like like the least, just because how I perceived it was um, using your opponent's force or energy. So having someone come at you and then you redirect their energy to mm. you know um, so that you get the advantage. Um, I liked more of creating my own force mm-hmm. um, to drive a move. Um, so that's why, you know, yeah. I like judo and then now, now jiu-jitsu. I mean, yeah. jiu-jitsu is more of a blend of everything where you're kind of waiting on what your opponent's doing, but then you're also trying to attempt your own stuff. Uh, for as Aikido uh, in jiu-jitsu, check out a guy named Roy Dean. That dude has good in Aikido, good in jiu-jitsu. I forget what his rank is in both. I know it's black belt in judo. I mean, uh, BJJ. Check him out. He has, as my friend Daryl Edwards would say, he has pretty ass jujitsu and Akita. He puts a really good fucking blend of them both. Uh, but so oh, yeah, because there, there's yeah stuff you can do in Akita for certain takedowns and things like that, where you've got a hold of the wrist and you can go right into like you know yeah wrist lock or an arm bar. Um, there's setups like you can actually flow from Akita into jujitsu um, yeah. if you understand the setups. Um, so I think. Uh, I think even we were working some takedowns recently and we were doing it off of a strike and I was thinking back to some of my old Tong Sudo strikes and certain ones I'm like, hmm, I can actually throw this strike in set instead. So, because this one, you know, if I'm just throwing a hook, you know, if, you know, yeah. maybe it's not going to catch him right, but I throw a specific technique, you know, like a certain chop or a certain like ridge hand strike or something, I can actually throw that instead to kind of stun him first and then finish the takedown. So, go right into it. Yeah. I'm, so yeah. You, it, you can blend them. I mean, that's how Bruce Lee came up with Jeet Kune Do. Right. Was, it was a mix of a lot of different stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, even, even he had, was one of the first to like really start expanding martial arts into yeah, that's, everything. That's why they call him the father of mixed martial right. arts because right. he was actually mixing up the stuff. So because he understood as far as how a fight works. Um, yeah. That's uh, best to know. Like he was even using like stuff that you would do in fencing. Sword yeah, fighting. Like, I remember Enter the Dragon, he does do an arm bar. It's a terrible one, he, but... <laughs> yeah, uh, it, uh, I mean it's good that he put it in that movie. You know what I mean? Like the show that his his uh, span of understanding of martial arts and Chuck Norris was another one. Mm-hmm. I remember watching an interview with him, and you know he had been training in martial arts for years, and then went to Brazil and met the Gracies, and he's like, "It's like I never had a lesson in my life." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I I more so look at martial arts as a blend, um, just because. So there's some people out there who's like, oh yeah, this martial arts is better than this other one, but I mean, really, is it? It's all it's all the same. Like yeah. every everyone has its own different a uh, point of view, yeah. point of attack. Yeah, no, no style is like an end all be all for a fight or self defense si- right. situation. Right, you know? right. because jujitsu is not going to be good for multiple attackers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and that's, yeah. That's why I did jujitsu because <laughs> let's say for crop. I know there are uh, ground defenses for crop, but when I was taking it, it's more so of one on one or one on one against many, just standing. So you know, punches, kicks, all that. But mm-hmm. in regards to ground, I mean, it was get your opponent to the ground and then you know go yeah. leave. Because you know, if you get hit or somebody makes contact with you, if you're not quite trained how to react, and like even just getting hit, like if you get stunned or something, you're not going to be able to defend properly. So it's yeah, just, yeah. you know, you got to be you know aware of stopping the strike before it gets to you, and if the guy gets in close, what you can do from there. And 
I, I know we talked about this on our previous podcast with self-defense stuff is just uh, as far as like legally what you can do too. Because if you're getting attacked, but you end up, you know, snapping the guy's neck or something in the process, you know, well, yeah, you were defending yourself, but you just killed the guy when. Yeah, you know, that, that's the part just, that irritates the hell out of yeah. me. Yeah. Because, you know, for me, a guy's not going to know that. Hey, I'm 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 practicing something. Uh-huh. Now, if I'm trying to defend myself, and if he happens to like, break something or maybe die, I mean, come on. It's, well, especially it's especially if they're attacking you with a weapon or something. Like, yeah. all right, that's a threat yeah. on my life. That well, yeah, if they have a weapon, it's not. Too no, that's a, yeah, big difference. But there. Uh, that's what good. It's good about choking somebody out. It's no bruises. Uh, uh, no broken bones. So yeah. you break somebody's arm, they're going to sue you, regardless whether they instigated the fight or not. They might not win. Right. You're still going to have to deal with that process. Yeah, they just did. Um, uh, YouTube Red has the, uh, the the revival of the Karate Kid, yes. Cobra yeah. Kaiser, and the very first episode was uh, you know Johnny uh, from the you know the bad guy from like the first movie, the bad kid. He's older and he ends up beating up a bunch of high schoolers. And it wasn't like the first movie where like Miyagi beat up a bunch of high schoolers, took Danny in, nothing happened out of it. No, Johnny beat up these high school kids and ended up going right to jail. Yeah. So that's real life. That's yeah. what happens. So I did uh, like how they pointed out that, <laughs> that kick at the end of number Karate Kid One was a legal kick to the face. <laughs> yeah, like what a pothole in a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they all had all of them had it. So. Uh, I so not, Josh I'm, is staring at that worm. Yeah, I think he's got a little bit no, left. No, I think it's sticky. I don't know. I think if you want to, if like you just took, I think if you just took a big bite out of it and just you know, yeah, yeah, got off the stick. I want to hear that crunch. I think everyone who's yeah, do it, do it real to close to the microphone. Yeah, it's crunch. Bite harder. I can't. I want to break my jaw. Let's see. Yeah, you still got some of the worm in there. You got half of it. We're going to kill all of you. We're going to kill all of you. All right, blame yourself for this. Yes, the, you brought this on yourself, and this will continue to happen if you keep boxes. breaking the rules. So, so there will be. I've I've already been working on punishments for each time, and I'm going to escalate them each time until you learn. So it's not going to be the same thing every time. <laughs> I rather would have had the chili, the death by barbecue sauce. <laughs> now. No, I'm gonna save that for when you don't expect it. I'm not like it's gonna be something where I'm not even gonna tell you. <laughs> oh man! Oh, so. anybody uh, see Deadpool? Deadpool two? <laughs> awesome. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, uh, I just I just movie. finally saw it. It's worth seeing twice. Uh, I I would say that man. I I got rained out of work yesterday, so I was I woke up at four thirty in the morning because my workout got rained out too because we're still doing a five mile run. And nobody wanted to run. I mean, it was pouring down rain. Mm. So by 8 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, you know, I could go see Deadpool. <laughs> so I went right when the movie theater opened. And literally, there was like 10 other people there, solo, all solo. You mm. chase a worm? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> Your eyes are getting a little glossy. Yeah. But it was I don't know what I'm catching right about now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what this thing right about now. You still got a little bit left. As soon as you take the bite out of it, we'll end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's still some left on there. There's not. There's yeah. No, there. There's, I, no, there is. Yeah. I there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is my favorite podcast I've ever done. <laughs> Just because of this. <laughs> All right. Yay. Good job. How much of a tequila did it taste of that? No, absolute fucking no. <laughs> hey, he was nice enough. 
so that that lollipop was majority of it and the worm was just tiny. I think next time you should have like chocolate covered cicadas or something or like cricket. No, it's just going to be just the cicadas. I'm oh, not even going to give them the chocolate. Dude, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would look at you like you're stupid like we can roll for this right now. <laughs> Uh, no, I get no. grubs out in my yard here. I can just grab a bunch of those. <laughs> no, you got no. You got to finish it. it. That's the punishment. Why you feel it? Yes, I will. You feel it? You feel the little segment? <laughs> all right, all right. Let's uh, wrap it up. So I think we got like a good hour and a half of recording here. So. Really good. So, Kathy, thank you for joining us for today. We really Thanks appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me. It was yeah, fun. So, job. definitely like to have you another time. And Andy, welcome officially to the Four oh, Horsemen. Yeah. So, where, do, uh, where on the gi? Where do you put the anywhere? Anywhere you want on the gi? Anywhere. I you put mine on a leg, on my pants. You can put it on yeah. the back. Yeah, thing on the pants. Well, all my backs are going to fit. Mm-hmm. So, you're official now. So, even though we're still going to be at three for you know foreseeable future, unless it changes soon, but we'll see. So. So for now, so anyways, I'm Joe. I'm Andy. I'm Josh. I'm Kathy. All right. And guys, thank you for listening. Remember, uh, check out our Facebook page, uh, Four Horsemen Combat Sports. And as always, our uh, podcasts are on uh, fourhorsemencombatsports.podbean.com. And like we always say, fight Fight on. on.